Angela said yesterday briefly that uh, uh, the 25th of December is not the exact date on which our Lord was born. Okay. But we just symbolically celebrate this day as the, the day of the birth of our Lord. Okay. Now, this morning, I want to talk about Jesus in his own ways. Uh, sometimes people want to talk for you and say things on your behalf. But we want to know what, what did he say about, about himself. And also maybe the greater question that we ask ourselves this morning, how should we remember our Lord? Or how did he ask us to remember him? Okay. Um, let's look at uh, uh, the next slide. And my technology here is misbehaving. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. All right. What I want us to do at the end of the service, I want you to be able to answer these four questions. Actually. You must, you must be alert because I'm going to ask you these four questions when I finish. Okay. So take notes, take notes, take notes. Take out your phone, take out anything. <laughs> Just take the notes. Right, the questions that we want to ask to answer at the end of this service is, how should we remember Jesus? Or how did he say we must remember him? And you also want to look at why did he come? Why did Jesus come? And then also the third question is, what are the things that testify about Jesus? And then finally, why was Jesus manifested or why was he revealed? So you are ready to answer the four questions? Or Palisa, you already have the answers. <laughs> okay, it's fine. So we're going to, to look at some scriptures. Uh, to help us actually to, to answer those four questions. How should we remember him? Why did he come? And the things that testify about him? And why was he manifested? Okay, the first scripture that we are going to look at. Um, in First Corinthians chapter 11, this is Paul writing and reporting on the exact words of Jesus Christ. He says, For I received from the Lord which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So the first thing there that his body was broken, and we need to remember his broken body. And that is body was not just broken uh, just for no reason. It was broken because of us. And then as we break his body, uh, symbolically uh, through the emblems of the Holy Communion, we do this in remembrance of his broken body. So Jesus wants us to remember his broken body, which was broken for us. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And finally says, for as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 
So, obviously, for Jesus Christ to die, he had to be born. And that's why we are celebrating also his birth. But what he wants us to remember the most is actually the death that he died for us. His body which was broken, and then the blood that he actually shed. And remember something also which is very important, that all other religious leaders either died or they were killed, and they died really dead, you know, never to come back. But our Lord, he gave his life, and he was able to take it back. Uh, and that's why he rose from the dead. So what he wants us to remember is his broken body for us and the, his blood that was shed for us. Okay, now, let's look again now, why did Jesus come? And do we want to take this from his own ways? Why did he come? So we read in Luke chapter 4, uh, starting from verse 16. So he says, So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And I just want to say quickly, you know, uh, if you, you grew up in the villages or in the townships, we, we, you know, when you go to church and then uh, the pastor or the preacher will talk about we have come into this temple, you know, come to the temple and I just want to say just for terminology so that we, we get this right in Israel there was just one temple okay and then there were places where people would meet where they will read the scriptures that place is called the synagogue okay so now if you think about it the equivalent of the Christian building which we call the church in the Jewish customs that would be the synagogue and then if it is the Muslims, it will be there. The mosque. Okay. So here Jesus did not go into the temple. He went into the synagogue. So, so every village, every town will have its own synagogue. So he went to the synagogue uh, in Nazareth. Because the, 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 the temple was in Jerusalem. Is that okay? Right, just for the terminology that's, that's so that we get it right. So so, and what Jesus was doing, it was his tradition that uh, every Sabbath he went into the synagogue. Okay, I mean, just like what we've done here, making sure that every Sunday we come to church and we even come on Christmas. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you have to, to clap for yourself. <laughs> you came yesterday, you came also today. <laughs> this is good. Okay. And so he went to the, into the synagogue and the, on the Sabbath day and he, he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me, these are the things that, the reason why he came. He has, he has sent me the Father has sent me, God has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. And then he continues. 
to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant and he sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him and he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So what you are saying to them is you have been reading this scripture. You didn't know who this scripture was referring to. So I'm saying to you today, this scripture refers to me. So I'm the one who has been sent by the Father to do all these things that I've mentioned there, to set at liberty, to, uh, to heal the brokenhearted. This is the reason why, why I came. And all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. And they asked themselves, is this not Joseph's son? So what they were asking is, but what is he saying? Because according to us, this is Mary's son, Mary and Joseph's son. And the things that he's saying, I mean, cannot be said by a human being. And that's why you remember Nicodemus, when he went to Christ, he said to him, the things that you do, nobody can do unless God is with him. And this is what Christ was saying to them. I have come for a particular reason. And something that we can actually look at in our own lives. We can also ask ourselves a question from time to time. What is my mission in life? Do I know my mission in life? Do I know my purpose in life? And we can ask ourselves even a greater question and ask us about our church. Does this church have a mission? A purpose? Why are we here in Bologwani? Why are we here in this city? And these are the greater questions that we need to ask ourselves and say, as an individual, am I fulfilling the mission, the purpose for which I'm here? And as a church, are we fulfilling the purpose or the mission that we are here? Because Jesus knew his mission and he fulfilled that mission. Do we know our mission? Are we going to be able to fulfill it individually and also corporately? All right, let's look also at uh, another scripture where Jesus talks about the reason why he came. Now we look at John chapter 5. And you know, in, I mean, many times when you read the scriptures, Jesus has these conversations and these uh, debates with the, 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 the religious people of that particular time. And this was one such occasion. He says, by myself, I can do Nothing. And we, we also know what the scriptures tell to us. Jesus said that to us. In your, by yourself, there's nothing that you can do. You need to, re, to be a branch which remains in the vine. Because outside Jesus, there's nothing that we can do. So in our individual personal lives, there's nothing that we, do, we can do when we are outside Christ. And the same thing will happen as a church. If we are not plucked into him, there's nothing that we can do to accomplish his purposes. And he says this to them, that by myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but to please him who sent me. And Jesus will keep this theme uh, up front all the time. I'm only going to do what I've been sent to do. I'm not here for my own purposes. You remember also when he was in the Garden of Kesaman, when he was facing the agony of the cross, 
And he was saying to God, if it is possible, let this cup pass me by. But not my will. But let your will be done. And he says, if I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. So, I mean, uh, if you go to court and you have to, to give a testimony, you, your testimony is not going to be accepted. They are going to say, where are the witnesses to collaborate what you are saying? Okay. okay, I must be careful here. We've got lawyers in the church so that uh, I don't say things which are wrong about the courts. <laughs> okay. But uh, your own testimony doesn't, I mean, you, 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 you must actually have witnesses. That's basically the, 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 the fact that Christ is, is mentioning here. So he says, but there, there is another. There's another who testifies in my favor. And I know that his testimony about me is true. Okay. And then he continues to say, and then, okay, remember I said there are four things which testify about Jesus. Okay, and these are the things that we're going to look at here. Okay. You see, I'm a good teacher. I give you the, 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 the questions and I give you the answers at the same time and I'm going to ask the questions at the end. How do you like that? <laughs> That's good. Okay. So he says, you have sent to John and he has testified to the truth. Do you remember that uh, the Pharisees uh, sent their people to John? Do you remember that scripture? Where they were asking him, who are you? Do you remember that? And then John said to them, no, 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 I'm not the Christ. I'm not the one. I'm not the one. Uh, he's coming. And remember when Christ came and John baptized him, he said, this is the son of God. You remember that? Okay, so this is what Jesus is saying to them, that you, you, you sent to John, you, you sent your people to John to go and talk to him. You have sent to John, and John testified to the truth, the fact that he was preceding me. Actually, he was not the Christ. So, John testified about Christ that he is the Son of God. That's what Jesus says, the first testimony. But he says, not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it that you may be saved. John was a lamb that bent and gave light, and you, you chose for a time to enjoy his light. But he testified about me. Okay, then he goes on. I have testimony weightier than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I'm doing, testify that the Father has sent me. So the first testimony that was given about Christ was John. The second testimony are the works that he was doing. Okay. And then, I mean, if you go back again to the story of Nicodemus, Nicodemus saw this particular testimony. That's why when he went to Christ, he said, he said nobody can do what we are doing unless God is with him. And then he goes on to say, and the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. So John testified about me. Uh, the second testimony. What is the second testimony? The works that I do testify about me. Now thirdly, God himself testifies about me. He says, nor does his words, okay, and the father who sent me has himself testifies concerning me. You have never heard his voice nor seen his form. Nor does his word 
dwell in you. Okay, no, no. Yo, his, the word of God dwells in you. I mean, I mean, here he was talking to the Pharisees, ne? that the word of God does not dwell in them. Okay. For you do not believe the one he sent. And then he says the fourth thing that says about him. He says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. So the scriptures testify about Jesus. And he says, he says to them, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. So we have come to him, isn't it? To have life. And we believe in his scriptures. Okay, praise the Lord. Right, so we're looking at the last part. Why was Jesus manifested? And we're going to look at First John uh, chapter 3. From verse 4, John says, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. So, not keeping the law, not following the law. Okay. And by the way, you know that the, the Bible says in the book of First Timothy that the law has, not made, has been made for good people. The law is actually for criminals and those who kill and that kind of a thing. Because when we accept Jesus, when we find Jesus, we live above the law. We do more than what the law actually requires. Okay, but what John says here is if you, you continue living in sin, you are actually committing lawlessness because sin is lawlessness. And you know that he, who is he here? Jesus was manifested to take away our sins. And in him, there is no sin. So remember, the biggest problem that we have in this world is the problem of sin. And to be prisoners of sin. And when Jesus came, the reason why he came was so that he can take away our sins. He can set us, out, he can set us free from our sins. And then he goes on to say, whoever abides in him does not sin. And whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. And then in verse 7 he says, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteous, righteousness is righteous, just as Jesus is righteous. And then he goes, continues to say in verse 8, he who sins is of the devil. Why? For the devil has sinned from the beginning. And you know what he says in John? That the devil is the father of lies. And he says every time when he opens his mouth, he is actually lying. That's what he says in the book of John. So he has lied from the beginning. And then every time he's, he's actually just a liar. And then the Bible says here, the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So that we will not be trapped in sin and follow, follow the devil or be those of the devil. And he says, whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him. And he cannot sin because he has been born of God. And this experience, everybody who has been born again, 
you'll know that you struggle with this thing about sin. You know, when people who are not born again, they are very happy to sin. You know, they come together and they praise, they praise themselves. You know, you know, that's sin, whatever sin it is. You know, I've done it better. And another one, you know, want to show that they've done it even better. But if you are a child of God, when you sin, the Holy Spirit in you shows you that you are doing something wrong. And that's why there's no way that we can continue living in sin as children of God. All right. So we come to the end. And we ask the questions. Boris, are you ready with the answers? <laughs> so the first question that we ask ourselves is, why did he come? Remember? To preach the gospel to the poor. To heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And why was he manifested? To take away sins and to destroy the works of the devil. And then, remember, finally, the th four things which testify about Jesus. It's John, the Baptist, his miracles, God, and finally, uh, the scriptures. Those are the four things that testify about Jesus. Okay, let's stand up as, we, as the worship team comes forward. We come to the end of the service. Uh, let's, let's, let, let's pray. Let's pray together. Uh, Father, we thank you. We worship you. We praise you. We want to thank you that you sent Jesus to come and set us free. We, we, we want to thank you, Lord. We praise, we exalt your name in the name of Jesus. Amen.